Hey, it's Bill Simmons, and the Ringer NFL Show has you covered for all your pro football needs. Sunday night, get Michael Lombardi and Tate Frazier's rapid reactions on GM Street. On Tuesdays, the Ringer NFL Show with Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and regular guest Danny Kelly break down all the biggest angles on Wednesday. GM Street again on Thursdays. Clark, Mays, and Danny are back at it again. And on Friday, GM Street's Friday Focus gives you all the insight you need for gambling and everything else. Don't forget about my podcast, too, on Mondays. The BS Podcast, Cousin Sal and I playing Guest Alliance. More importantly, The Ringer NFL Show. Subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Episode of House of Cards, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This is a food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people, and I am your hungry host, Joe House. My hungry homies, what a show. It is a very big week here on House of Carbs. The big game is right around the corner. The Super Bowl is upon us, and we intend to deliver to you a super game plan for a super spread, a super layout of delicious items all across the board. We have a lot of guests today, my hungry homies. We have Mike Lombardi, our resident football expert also, the only member of the Ringer Network to have actually attended a winning Super Bowl party with an enormous Super Bowl spread. We have him on to tell us about that. We have a very special guest on today's food news. And then we end the show today with none other than Harry from Against All Odds, who's in the middle of a Super Bowl bet. He's going to end by describing to us his his hoped-for meal immediately after this weigh-in that he has planned. I'll let Harry describe all of that. But first, let's get in that belly with Mike Lombardi. All right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades. Big week here on House of Carbs. The last football game of the season, the Super Bowl is upon us. It is with mixed feelings that we enter this uh, moment. On the one hand, the Super Bowl is a great American tradition and a great American eating tradition. On the other hand, it really marks the end of what I think of as a great eating season, which really begins in November and runs all the way up until this moment that we are, uh, that's upon us, which is the Super Bowl. All that great eating of, of Thanksgiving to Christmas and all the stews and the chilies of, of January. And now here we are for the final kind of great eating moment of the eating season. I needed an expert in both football and food, and I didn't have to look far. The Ringer's own football expert and meatball expert extraordinaire, Mike Lombardi. How are you? I'm great. I'm really good. Joe, I, I don't know if I'm a meatball extraordinaire, but I, I do have a sense of uh, understanding how those meats go together, especially if the gravy's good. But other than that, that's all I know. Well, I I, uh, I have to begin with, uh, unfortunately, a request for an apology. Now, I know you have been on a little bit of an apology tour this season. 
<laughs> we had, you had an apology that had to go out to Blake Bortles, and you had no, to wear I, Blake no, no, Bortles' time out, jersey. No, time out. I never apologized to Blake Bortles. <laughs> I never apologized, and I am not apologizing to Blake Bortles. Well, some they, people they, may say. I, in fact, I'm going to go to. I I just said on one of my one of my videos on No Bull. I just said I'm going to Blake Bortles rehab because I think I've uttered his name way too many times in six months. But let me be very clear here. I am never apologizing to Blake Bortles. He can go get a shine box. I'm not apologizing to him, okay? Well, There's no well, you chance. Did, okay, that's fine. Doug Peterson, you did apologize I did. to. I did do that. Yeah. I did it because, look, when you win a playoff game, you get my respect. When you win, a, when you win two playoff games and you beat the best third-down defense with a backup quarterback, my hat's off. I'll admit I'm wrong. I got no problem admitting I'm wrong. But I did not apologize to Blake Bortles, so you're all for you're one for two there. I just want to make well, it very clear. I'm I'm glad we got the ground rules out that you are, are don't have any problem apologizing when you're wrong because I I watched the the terrific uh, program you and the cousin Sal put together media day, which was meat eatia day. Yes, with a lot of a lot of Italian meats. Yes, and you're uh, half I, Italian. I, had, I understand that. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. So I I, fe- I felt like a consult would have been in order, and and if you had. Talk to me. I might have been able to steer you around a couple pitfalls and pratfalls that I think you guys uh, uh, stumbled into in the first place. Well, I think there was but, not. The, but we go ahead. Both go ahead. Cousin Sal and I subscribe to do your job, right? So we stay in our lane. We're just we were told to be at a place. We did it. We're, this is decisions are made way above us. Our pay grade doesn't allow us to put together those things. So I think the apology needs to come from perhaps someone else whose name is on your checks. Perhaps he should be consulted on this because really we were told to be it's time and place for us you'd be here at this time uh, so you'd be here at this place i had no idea it was going to be a meat festival i had no idea it was going to be italian meats i'm a team player i do whatever i'm asked i stay in my lane and that's what we did and it worked out i mean it did we well, would have loved to have it, you it at did the work table. out it did work out. It was it was a wonderful array. I mean, the best I can do is quibble a little bit on the margins. I'm not surprised to hear that Bill Simmons is the culprit in this. <laughs> so, mean, I'm not saying so it was Bill Simmons. I'm just saying it was it oh, was hey, above me. I have no idea. Okay, I have no well, idea. What, what, I'm a soldier. I, uh, I'm a soldier. Okay. I, you know, you tell me to be that, somewhere. I'm a soldier I, I, also. And like the wire, I'll show up 30, 40, 5, 50 minutes before anything's going to happen to make check it out. You know, I took so that advice. Where was the pancetta? Uh, How can you talk about some Italian meats and not have a beautiful pancetta on well, there? Well, I mean, we were limited by space too here. Yes, you know the, the the chapel's not a big room. It wasn't. We didn't have enough tea. I think we had to eliminate pancetta for Philadelphia cheesesteak because it was a Philly thing. So, I, I, duly noted, I think pancetta is one of the great starter meats of all time. I don't know if yeah, you can let, cook anything with Italian food that doesn't start with pancetta. You know that that's that's a great uh, observation. You know who I thought was a nice uh, uh, player to link up with the pancetta, none other than Fletcher Cox. Yeah, he's, he's a, off the ball he's quickly. Stout. He's, he's he holds everything the, together. Yeah, he starts the meal very quickly, doesn't he? And, and, and the aroma. Yeah, that's right. And the and really, he senses Fletcher Cox kind of creates the atmosphere that you know good things are going to happen when you watch him play. And when and you're growing up and you smell pancetta cooking in the kitchen, you know something yes. good's happening, right? That's so right, it, exactly. To me, I get that. I, I completely under, duly noted. Let me say that. All right. Well, speaking of of not having not being able to 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 get anywhere 
without, uh, you know, having a proper starting point. I had to have you on here because you are the only guy uh, associated with the ringer that has both attended a Super Bowl party as a guest, but also attended a Super Bowl party as a Super Bowl winner, Yeah, as a guy with, with a ring. So I think you're highly qualified. And we want to help the hungry homies out there as they approach their Sunday endeavor. You know, they're thinking about their spreads today. We're recording on a Tuesday. This will go up Wednesday morning. So they'll have plenty of time to map out the menu, to think about sizing, spacing, number of seats at the table, number of televisions. Nobody's more qualified to help guide our, our uh, taste buds than you in this endeavor, uh, Brother Lombardi. Yeah. I so th- let, let, please. I, I think let's take the, you know, the, uh, I don't know, this is a shameless plug, but I'm writing this book <laughs> that's done, that will be out in, uh, in September of 2018. It's called Football Done Right. And one of the chapters basically of the book is what would Bill Belichick do? So let's just take that that concept. What would Bill Belichick do if he was hosting this party, right? So the number one thing any great leader does is he has to have a vision. So you have to plan really what do you want to do. You want to have a Mexican theme party. Do you want to have a an Italian theme party? Do you want to have a German theme party? Or do you want to be like Vienna and have like a commingling of all these different cultures in one party? Or you could have an Indian party. Whatever you want to do, right? So to me, it starts with that. And I think that's really what you need to do. You need to have it, and it's got to, and it can't, it can't go off track. Like you can't start off with Mexican hors d'oeuvres and come back with pizza, or then come back with some kind of pasta, and then venture off to, venture off to like bratwurst or something like that. There's got to be a theme. And since it's football, you know, people say, well, hot dog, well, hot dogs can be boring unless you get them at the stadium. So to me, I think the essential ingredient to a great Super Bowl party is the theme that basically would start and end and you build it that way. So you want a coherent game plan. That is your you, – you don't necessarily have a, a recommendation in terms of one of those themes well, you I mentioned. Well, I definitely would you have a recommendation. I mean, I would go Italian because you can't go okay. wrong when you go Italian Good. on a party. Because That's what you, I want you know, to First of all, not everybody's going to have a great seat, and everybody's going to have to eat off a plate that's perhaps on their lap. So you can't – you want to make things convenient for people, and the only way to do that – is have finger food or have some kind of, you know, you're going to definitely have to have some form of strombolis to start the day off. Because, I mean, what better fit, you know, you walk into a house at a Super Bowl party, everybody's got chips and dips. Great. Okay. You know, if you just want to be a regular, if you want to do it, and this violates one of the uh, Belichick never violates this, just because somebody else does it doesn't mean it's right. Right. So chips and dips are great, but you're talking Super Bowl, so you got to take your game up another level. You got to have some form of Stromboli bread. You got to have some form of, you know, pepperoni bread. You got stromboli bread. You got cheese bread. And then, of course, for the vegan, for the vegans, you would have a vegetable style of bread. You got to have all sorts of different breads to kind of go to start, you know, your carb overload that you're going to have since it's an Italian festival. That's what you have to do. And then from there, you can get into the raviolis. You can get into these smaller portions of like, Pasta that you don't have to twirl, critical component here. You don't want to twirl a pasta because then it'll, you know, it could spill on people's shirts and then they'll be embarrassed. Whereas if you just have raviolis or, or rigatoni's really small where you can get it on a fork and put one, then you're really moving well. So that's what I would start with. I would start with breads and all different kinds. And then, of course, the antipasta tray, just straight out. And then I would move into the ravioli and rigatoni section. 
Yeah, so I like very much the beginning with the bread because one way to distinguish a party, a Super Bowl party that's that's run that's being run by a set of professionals from from amateur hour is when your guests hit the door, they get a smell. You want them to have a smell right. of something that's going on in the house to let them know that, a, that something serious is about to go down. Right. And the right. breads the the breads fill that role. Right, no doubt. And so smell, you know, it, nothing smells better than Italian gravy cooking. You know, nothing smells like you're going to get meatballs or something. You know, you, you just smell the smell of garlic. And then there's all sorts of different ways you can go. You can go towards the the avenue of like maybe northern Italian to start off with and then come back down to south, southern Italian to get a little more spicy. Or you can reverse it, start spicy, and then go up to northern Italian where you would have different kinds, almost bordering on the German influence of the Italian cuisine, a little French in there. So it gives you a chance to kind of change regions. And so I think that's how I would play it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Now let's let's talk a little bit of logistics. Are you the kind of guy that likes to host a party, or do you prefer to be a guest? Well, if I look, if it's football on, I ain't hosting anything, right? So like, I'm gonna watch the game. So that takes me out. Yeah. Of, like I'm not father knows best here. I'm not gonna walk around with this button down sweater and make sure everybody's drinks up to par. Like I'm watching the game. Like the, to me, I gotta watch the game and then I gotta talk to Tate Frazier after the game. So I gotta stay coherent. So I can't even drink Jack Daniels. So I gotta be really coherent and understand what the hell's going on and you know watch the game and you know take it in so i'm more of a guest but i don't want to go to a party where people are going to ask like a lot of questions about the game like i just want to watch the game like, i want to watch it in peace like i want to watch it in peace and i want to yell at the, something that's going on that maybe the commentators aren't talking about but you know you know, it's like, you know, sometimes I get a little bit, you know, wrapped up and somebody says something on TV that's really completely wrong and they don't even, they, they just keep saying it. So I might get wrapped up in that, but I, I, I yeah, like well, kind of quiet. You have to get on the Twitter for that. I mean, you, 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 I ran you on watch, Twitter, right? I go crazy. You watch on Twitter. with your fingers. You yeah, watch I go the crazy football on game with when your, I, when with I hear your hands somebody, on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, when I'm listening to college football on Saturday night, like, and I sometimes they say some things, I go absolutely because a berserk. I mean, I just can't take it. I mean, like at some point, somebody's got to teach these people coverages, you know. So not that I know everything. I'm not suggesting that at all because I'm learning as I go as well. But that that that's what drives me crazy. You know, Springsteen says there's 57 channels and ain't nothing on. Well, there's all these tough people talking about football, but they're not really talking about it they're really talking about something else so uh what's your ideal size for for what the way you like to enjoy the game how many other people is is the right number for you to be surrounded by well i would say eight to ten you know like yeah I, that know, feels right you know that kind of like it's comfortable you know i want to be in the same seat you know i want about people that i you know that I, that I enjoy their company and you know that they feel free if they're at my house i'm not gonna you can go make your own drink like you can open up my refrigerator you can have anything you want you know, make sure the dogs aren't going to, you know, get crazy on you. Everything will good. You know, like I want it so that people are comfortable in your house. I don't really want to be like, where's the bathroom? You know, what do I do? And then meanwhile, the play's going on and I can't watch the play because I'm showing you where the bathroom is. I don't want to do that. No, that's right. And, and let's talk a little bit about uh, strategy timing wise. What do you think is the optimal arrival time? Two hours before the game? More time? Less time? Well, I mean, I would say, you know, look, for me, I'm not watching. I will not watch anything on Sunday until I'm going to look online and I'm going to find out what time the ball will be kicked, right? Okay? And I probably will not get near a television until the time the ball gets kicked. I'm not watching anything. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to know. I don't want to see the interview. 
I don't need to watch Tom Brady get off the bus. I don't want to watch, you know, you know what's going on. I mean, I know the weather's perfect. I don't have to worry about the wind in the stadium, so I could care less about that. I know it's going to be a good field. So, like, for me, I got something else to do. I either go work, finish the book, I'll read something. But, I, I mean, so whoever wants to come over, and, of course, if my wife has people coming over, they come over as early as they want because I don't care. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not watching pregame, so it doesn't really matter. So two hours, three hours, you know. It all, but but you have to do this though, house. You got to make sure that whatever time you give a starting time to, you've got enough liquor to last you through the night. You got to really calculate that perfectly. Yes, absolutely. So, in, in your answer uh, suggests something about your eating strategy. So you're not arriving early, or you're not getting started early with your guests and eat, doing your eating pregame. It sounds like you're a during the game eater. Is that is that the case? Yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm a fat guy, so I eat all the time. So you can't really pinpoint exactly <laughs> my eating habits. I mean, I wish I could, but I'm. If I see something that smells good, if she cuts up the pepperoni bread, I'm going to eat it, right? Like, so that's why she doesn't cut eat it up. It. Yeah, that's why she won't cut it up because she knows I can't grab it. So. You know, it's like it depends on what actually is coming out of the kitchen. But no, for me, I tend to eat more when I'm nervous. So if the game's going on and I have a rooting interest in the game, you know, when we played in the Super Bowl, my first Super Bowl that I ever was a part of was 1984 when we played the 49ers. We played the Miami Dolphins, but it was in Stanford Stadium in the old stadium. So there was like no wow. seating in the press box. Right. So, yeah, right. You know, so I literally had to sit in the stands and I was a nervous wreck that whole game. My hands were sweating. It was crazy. So. There was no eating going on there. Then there was a party afterwards. This is really back before Super Bowl parties became the big thing. And then eventually we got into, you know, then it was the, you know, the pre-party, the post-party, all that stuff. And then you try to like the the Super Bowl against Tampa. I mean, it was hard for a guy, Chet Franklin, and I both worked for the Raiders. You know, we didn't have seats in the press box. Like, we were trying to find a place to watch the game. You know, we had press box passes, but there was no seats because they're giving all those seats out to international media. So you had no place to really watch the game. We were in some somebody's suite trying to watch the game with other people. I'm like, no, I can't do this. I can't right. do this. You're, and then we're getting kill killed. kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, and then we're getting killed by the, the by the by the Bucks, and then Shania Twain comes out and it ruined my life. So that was the end of that. <laughs> well, let me add, let, let let's ask that. I I like very much uh, the hungry homies will will enjoy getting your insights. This insider tale. What was the very best meal after a Super Bowl that that you were involved in? Could, is there a single meal that stands out? Well, the you know the meal is the Super Bowl party, right after the game. Super Bowl Forty Nine. Malcolm Butler makes that play on the goal line. We go back to our hotel, which was about, you know, uh, you know, a good forty miles from where the stadium was. But the best part of that was, we all got done. We all were celebrating. We we're all in the field hugging. You know, we so we all have to load up on the buses to get out of there, right? And there was like a Budweiser. This is before Dilly Dilly came about, but there was like a Budweiser <laughs> party over in the corner, like where our buses were. So like I was just happier in hell. I just crashed that party. I grabbed as many Budweiser beers as I could. And I just started bringing them to the bus so we could start drinking as soon as we possibly can. And then when you got back to the hotel, there's always entertainment at the hotel and the food was un unbelievable. They had stations of different culture so they had like a, a Mexican station they had like an Italian station they had a, a you know a, 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 a New York deli station it was unbelievable at the hotel and then they have entertainment you know Darius Rucker played and 
and all these other entertainers. It was an unbelievable night. And then you just drink it. I mean, look, let's face it. The only reason you're going to eat after you win a Super Bowl is to absorb the alcohol because the alcohol is the most <laughs> important thing. Now, is, would, would that have spread? Now, you wouldn't have had Darius Rucker playing if the Patriots had lost. But I if, mean, no, if, that, that about- party goes on. No, we had when I lost the Super Bowl to the Bucks, we had a party afterwards. I was depressed. I mean, it was so depressing. We had a band. We had this table. I mean, Al Davis did it perfectly. I mean, we were like, it was like an unbelievable. It was at the team hotel. It was great. There was like fancy tables. But you're so depressed. I mean, how the hell could you even have a party? I mean, I, when the Patriots lost to the Giants, my son, who's now with the Jets, he was at he was at that game. He was, you know, part of the Patriots staff at that time. And, you know, they lost. And, you know, we went back to the hotel. And I'm like, Mick, you're going to go to the party? now? I can't. You know, who could go? Like, how can you go? How can you put a yeah, brave I, face on? I mean, that's like tough. You know, the Super Bowl party, I met Jenny McCarthy at 49. I mean, here you are, smash, there's Jenny McCarthy at our Super Bowl party. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> I agree with that. Now, are you the kind of guy that uh, after a loss, if they have that big spread that you described with the various cultures and the stations and everything, are you a guy that likes to eat your misery? Would oh, you have done I, I that? Eat, Would well, you have made a couple of plates? You know, that's a load of questions. I eat everything. I mean, I eat when I'm sad. I eat when I'm <laughs> happy. happy. Sad. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't right. really matter. I eat all the time. Right. I mean, that's the reality. But but more than that, yeah, I mean, no, I just want to go to bed. I just want to I just want to get the hell out of it. I want to sleep. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I just want to get. I just want the nightmare to end. Really, that's basically what. Sure, I want. Uh, uh, of course, of course. All right, now let's be. We only have a couple more minutes. I uh, appreciate the great insights today. The hungry homies are gonna uh, take all this to heart. Let me hear about your plans for this coming Sunday, Super Bowl Fifty Two, the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, it's been a little difficult. We haven't really formalized the plan because we oh. we're going to Tate Frazier and I are going to tape our show immediately following the game, which would put us probably here in the chapel. Have you been to the chapel here at the Gallery uh, Studios? I, I, I have. Studios? I stuck my head in. Okay, yes, so right. this is actually Sinatra. Jim Cunningham, one of the producers of uh, the podcast, told us that Sinatra recorded an album in here, which gives the place a little bit of a better feel. But I, I well, think- you know what else? Happened in the chapel. No. Danny Chow Danny Chow ate 15 tacos to my 13 tacos. Oh, you got uh, beat there, he, huh? he, he dominated me in the chapel, so oh, I, I have nice. mixed feelings about the chapel. Nice. But now the chapel's somewhat of an office space, too, because as the ringer grows, they need a place to put people. And so the ringer has kind of like made some tables in here. So I think we're going to be here. I usually, typically... We've always gone to, uh, like, I would go to Tony P's, which is a sports bar in the marina. I can't yeah. drink, but, I mean, I would watch the game there. I don't mind that setting because you don't really know anybody, so nobody really bothers you. Uh, but Super Bowl, I got to be here. We're still in flux. Tate Frazier and I are still trying to figure it all out. I eventually think it's going to be here and watch the game with the people that are going to help produce GM Street after the game. Well, that that that's great. You're a real professional. Of uh, professional, of course, you and Tate will be uh, totally prepared. Let's let's start now. Is there somebody that we should ask to bring in some food? I mean, you're going to be there. You're going to be working. Well, uh, this yeah, is 100% professional. Who should we lobby for? I think. Yeah, we, let's well, talk I mean, about the gotta, menu. There's got to be some formal. I'll get Millie to make lasagna or something. There's got to be some formal lasagna here or something. I, mean, I love it. You know, yeah. but th- there's got to be something hearty and something that people can eat while they're sitting down, like I talked about. But I don't think we'll be able to get into the theme. The other problem is going to be we really can't drink because we have to do a show. So, well, that, you can drink after the show. Yeah, but that then adds to the part. You know, at least on the West Coast here, you know, the shows the, the game's over at six thirty, seven o'clock, so it isn't as bad. Back home, you just want you know you got to go to work. And that's the hardest thing about being in the NFL and Super Bowls is you have to go to work the next day. 
Right. You know, if 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 I, I'm not asking anybody about any political leanings, anything like this, but I'll tell you what: if if President Trump really wanted to make America great again, he would declare the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday. I mean, forget that's Trump. how to make I mean, America any, great again. Anybody with common sense would do that, right? I mean, like, why isn't <laughs> right, it a national right. holiday? I mean, like, you know, these kids in school they get off well; they have a parent-teacher conference. Like, give everybody Monday off after the Super Bowl. I mean, let's just embrace it, right? Like, let's it's just not embrace that, it. As Belichick would say, it's not that complicated. Right. Just give everybody <laughs> off. Give them the day off. Let 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 everybody travel back to work. Because, look, you know, you want to bring your kid to a Super Bowl. It's going to be expensive. But more than that, you know, he's going to miss a bunch of school. So why not just miss one day? I bet you this. Wouldn't you rather work a Saturday in February to make up for the Saturday for the Monday that you lost in, after the Super Bowl. I know most. I, people how about would. this? I'll work. I'll work this Saturday, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Make that a work day. Hey, Everybody I, would do it. Hey, Who wouldn't do that? House. I would work all day Sunday until what six seventeen when they kicked it off, and then I would. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I mean, I would have no problem. Well, with that. I, I like to get started early. I like to pregame. I'm a pregamer. I like the 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 booze and the hoagies to start flowing around four fifteen. <laughs> and what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I don't have my plan yet. I, I'm, I'm going to put it out there to the hungry homies. I don't have I don't have an invite to a Super Bowl party yet. I, I want them to come to me on the man, Twitter. A man as send big me as some you suggestions. are in DC hasn't like got with <laughs> Nora O'Donnell's husband and opened up her restaurant and just hosted the place. You know, we're working Chef on Jeff. we're we're all comers. We want all comers. You know, I, we love Chef Jeff. By the way, Chef Jeff is delicious here in the district. Of I mean, Columbia. I can't believe you haven't partnered with him. I mean, the two of you should do. You know, you should got to get him on the podcast. You see, if you were really thinking, you would have gotten him on the podcast in October and planted the seed for your Super Bowl party. It's a great point. It's a great point. It's an outstanding point. I have to. I'll have to work on that. That's a play, game plan for next year. Mike Lombardi, you said it just a minute ago. It's not that complicated. It's the perfect way to end our conversation. Thank you for coming on with this Super Bowl insights, Mike Lombardi. Party on House of Cards. All right, my taste buds, big thanks to our pal Mike Lombardi for coming on. That was some outstanding guidance on how best to plan for your Super Bowl party. We have a special guest for this week's food news. Juliet was on assignment in Mexico. Before we get to food news, though, how about a quick word from our pals at Lisa? Lisa is driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody. It's an innovative, direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. They also plant a tree for every mattress sold, donate a percent, one percent of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. The bed itself, let me talk to you about this mattress, a patented universal adaptive feel. I slept in a Lisa bed on Monday night because my own, my, my, my wife and my kid kicked me out of my bed. I went and got into the kid's bed. We have the Lisa in there. It's spectacular. It's designed for all types of sleepers and features three pro premium foam layers, which came in handy for me. I'm a big dude in a small bed. Two-inch Avena foam top layer for cooling and breathability. Two-inch memory foam middle layer for body contouring and pressure relief. And six-inch dense core support foam for durability and structure, which works 
for all sleepers of all sizes. And now Lisa is expanding its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, the Lisa blanket, the Lisa foundation, and the Lisa frame. There's no wonder that it is a Forbes top 20 startup to watch. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free, available in the US, UK, Canada, and Germany online with free shipping. This 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your front door or try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York City and Virginia Beach as well or check out one of 80 West Elm stores nationwide that carry Lisa get $100 off my hungry homies when you go to the lisa.com slash carbs and check out the mattresses there you get $100 off a mattress l-e-e-s-a dot com slash carbs all right my culinary comrades we have reached that point in the show it is now time for food news my hungry homies we have a pinch hitter Juliet Littman on assignment in Mexico, so we have a stand-in. Uh, this guy, uh, curiously available, very happy to have him today. Hi, Pod Father. Ju- is Juliet on assignment in Mexico? That's what we're calling. What is she? Is she testing food? Is there food news she, things well, going she, on she, there? She sent an Instagram about eating at a restaurant from where El Chapo's son got abducted. Oh. So I feel like, you know, that was, she was, so I don't know if it was called El Murderoso or what the name of that <laughs> restaurant was, but you know, uh, that, that felt, it felt foodie. It felt like food news. I'm definitely going to ask her about it. I, I will say El Murderoso is a great name for a restaurant and I fully support it. <laughs> Juliet, I hope she took notes of the convenience stores and gas stations, stuff like that. And the weird fast food that they have in Mexico. I've always I been fascinated by that. Weird potato chips, weird like hot Cheetos and all those type of things. I've always been, uh, I've, I've always wondered why it's so different than America. And also the Cokes are different. All the bad yeah, food sweeter. is probably like sugar. not, yeah, it's probably way un, more unhealthy. So uh, in lieu of food news, I guess this technically is food news because this is important. I've been to David Chang's restaurant. I was there three times in eight days. And what's more newsworthy than one of the best chefs in the world opening a restaurant in L.A.? I thought I would tell you about my meals, House. Is that good enough for yeah, food I, news? It, it, it sure is. And, of course, you know, we're, we're right on the, the precipice of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, with your beloved Patriots. I have to ask you a couple Super Bowl questions as well. Yeah. You know, we're doing p- party planning for our hungry homies. But, obviously, we're going to lead. You have, you have some live, on-the-scene reports from David Chang's new restaurant. Let's hear about it. Yeah, so I went three times. I went uh, a week ago Friday. I went last Monday. And then Saturday night, took my family because Ben Simmons loves David Chang and he wanted to eat there. And yeah, so this is Major Domo. Is Major the name of it, Domo. Right? It's where is it? It's in this cool area in L.A. That's like right near Chinatown, right off the highway, downtown L.A. Easy to get to. Um, Great. Rush hour issues getting there, but that's anywhere in L.A. And then getting out is actually pretty easy. It is. Uh, it's more. It's. I would basically describe the place as. The core of it is meat and noodles, two mm. of my favorite things. Two of but my favorites. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give you. See, Chang's gonna take all of this personally that I didn't like another dish. Why didn't this make the top five? I'm just gonna give you the best things I ate there. Yes. One of them. So they make their own bread there, 
which I think mm. is called Bong, or it's got a Korean name, Bong or Bang. I can't remember. I was I kept getting it wrong. He was making fun of me. <laughs> Makes his own thing, and then there's toppings on it. And one of the toppings, it's like, it's a couple fried eggs, and there's potato things in there, and all these things, and it comes in a little glass, and you're supposed to stir it up, and you stir it up into this little thing, and then you put it on the bread like a spread. It was delicious. And I love that. Wow. My son, my son loved that as well. It was really great. There was another, the second time I was there, they had the same thing with like cat with like a caviar butter thing. Okay. That I thought that was the spread, and just he's doing his own bread. That those were amazing. There was a, a like a long fried pepper, but inside was sausage. Sure. I can't even describe it, but it was delicious, What's, and, had, and you could have dip name? it in stuff. I did. That's listen. The, All part these of the, names. Part of the problems with my restaurant reviews is I can't remember names, <laughs> and I just like eating. And it's the combo of ingredients. You just want to turn off your brain and turn on your your mouth and eat. your belly, right? Yeah. yeah. I just I just yeah, like you're not eating. Taking notes. Yeah. I, you're consuming. Like there's stuff like there was a there was a rockfish dish that I really liked that was basically rockfish sashimi. And that was okay, really good. Beautiful. So I remember the name of that because it was Rockfish. But once we get more complicated <laughs> and there's Korean names and all this stuff, Chang yeah. does. Um, the best thing that I had that was unbelievable and I had it the second night and the third night and the kids loved it. It is, he makes this macaroni. Oh. But, so it tastes like, it tastes like basically macaroni, like the greatest macaroni and cheese ever. What I've learned with this restaurant is every argument we had with Chang on a podcast, he's using yes. this restaurant to shove it in my face. So well, one of the- this, God bless us for giving the inspiration. Yeah. House of Carbs. So one of the arguments I've had with him in the past was, I don't care that you're one of the best chefs ever. I can make a better macaroni and cheese than you. <laughs> you, you did say that. I did say that. And I was 100% serious. I really felt like my mac and cheese was better. Chang, of course, took that personally. He's over competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Not only did he make a better version of than my mac and cheese, it has no cheese in it. All what? Right. So how does that make sense? What are you sense? talking about? So he takes chickpeas and he okay. ferments them. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but by the by the time he's finished fermenting them, it tastes like pecorino, only it's not. Yeah. So it's very, right. very low on dairy. So my wife, who's on this crazy diet, and I this if if I'm ever getting divorced, it's gonna be with my wife during this diet because she she's no fun to eat. She doesn't eat anything. <laughs> and she's surly all the time. Like nephew Kyle and I were he was over yesterday. We had barbecue from Bloodsos, which was delicious. And she wasn't eating anything. She was just stink eyeing us the whole time. It's like, why are you stink eyeing us? You brought you brought us the barbecue. And so I'm not supposed to eat it? I can't I enjoy mean, my, like, my blood so's barbecue. So anyway. What, what barbecue is off diet? Bar barbecue is just proteins for the most part. You don't well, have to eat she, a piece with sugar or no, anything she, in it. She just wants to be a martyr and just eat okay. not eat anything. So okay. Anyway, back to the mac and cheese. Delicious. So there's a lot of pepper in it too, like a black pepper, but not like overpowering. So I would describe it as like, you think it's black pe black pepper and pecorino, and yet it's all chickpeas. And I don't know how it's the F he does it. It's incredible. But it I is so wait. delicious. You know me, I don't eat gluten. I don't eat gluten no, unless there's a really good I, reason. I get it. I go to Chang's restaurant, I'm eating this homemade bread he makes. I'm eating mac and cheese with chickpeas, and my kids just couldn't believe it. They could not believe that there was no cheese in it. So then uh, 
he did a couple. He's tried. He's tried a whole. The good thing about this restaurant and why I'm going to keep going back and probably be over 200 pounds in about three months, is <laughs> he keeps changing the menu. Like he keeps trying stuff. The first time, the first night I was there, he was, which was basically a free for all. He's it's the first night the restaurants went open. It was only family and friends, and he's trying this uh, this meat dish that he called he named after APL, the famous barbecue chef. Which yeah. was basically the he biggest. He called it APL. He called it the APL inspired. I, I forget APL's name was okay. kind of in it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Andrew this, Perry Lang for Adam, Adam Perry, Perry Lang. Lang. Jesus. Christ. And Andrew Perry Lang. Um, Both of them. Both <laughs> of the Langs. This giant, giant short rib thing on a bone. Yeah. And they come that's over. The thing that's caught my eye. That's what I'm dying for. I don't know if you'll be able to handle it because it's four what? to six. Well, first of all, direct challenge to you. It's four to six people. Would you always take it personally when people when the, when the restaurant yeah. tells you how many people should eat it? I mean, do you know me? Have it's we a, eaten together? It's a direct challenge to Joe House. What? It, what? <laughs> it's four to six people. How about one person? So right. there's that. Uh, it's it's delicious. It came with a giant bone that I brought home for my dogs, and you've met my dogs, Jesse, I, uh, <laughs> Willie, young Willie, who's yeah, a little bit of yeah. a provocateur, and they actually got in like a legit fight outside about the bone. So thanks sure. to David Chang for that. We had to separate the dogs. It was... Yeah, I want to bring a bone home. I want to bring one of those... I'm going to put it and fright right along with my mic. I like to talk into the bone. It's But it's like one of those Flintstone bones. And I know yeah, that's a joke uh, only any, anyone over 40 can get, but Fred Flintstone, <laughs> he used to have those big giant ribs that they used to have in the dinosaur era because they were dinosaur bones. That's That was basically the size of these bones. So that was delicious. The best thing I had the third night that uh, I, I, I'm i almost speechless. I got to be honest. So do wow. you remember it, w- it was basically this beautiful, awesome steak. And of course, I'm going to forget. I think it was a strip steak, but I'm going to forget what steak it was. And Chang's going to be mad about that. He's he's going to basically he's going to be mad at my everything I said in this podcast. I don't care. <laughs> the steak was delicious. And it was a big ass steak that... Um, it served like three people, basically. It would have served one Joe House and three normal people. Yeah. But do you remember the conversation we had about French fries during the last meal on earth? Yes. To David yes. Chang. Remind me. Remind me. I yes. told him how the Four Seasons had the best French fries. I told both of you this. Yeah. That they were the best French fries in L.A. They were thicker. They were delicious. Every time I go to a hotel, I think I said, maybe I didn't say it to Chang. Maybe I just said it on your podcast because I did my last meal on earth on your podcast. And I said the four season French fries was on there. And I described the French fries, how good they were. I was talking about anytime I've ever had a business meeting there, I always get the fries. Even if the person I'm with isn't hungry, they end up eating half of them. We get another order. Right. Just delicious. I recall this. Well, Chang heard this. (laughs) And much like the great Michael Jordan back in the day, just searching for challenges to motivate himself, decided to take this personally, that somebody else had the best French fries in LA. And without giving away too much, these were the best French fries I've ever eaten. In your whole life? In my whole life. These French fries were so good that nobody was, like the conversation just kind of died. Nobody was saying anything at the table. It was just my wife who doesn't eat anything and who's just mad at all of us for eating. And and Chris Chan, our friend, and they're talking. And my and my daughter, my son, and me are just 
are just plowing through these French fries. They were nice and big and thick. They were crispy on the outside. I took a picture of them on my son's Instagram because I wanted to commemorate them. They were so yeah, good, I, but it's I, like crispy on the outside. But I, I don't know how else to say this. The inside was almost like mashed potato. That's yeah, how creamy. soft That's it was. That's exactly what I would expect. So he, I have a question. I, I couldn't recall. I knew you had posted a picture. I didn't remember whether it was from your son's Instagram. It was on Ben's Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, it, was it wasn't on your own Instagram. Instagram I know I, yeah. I saw it over the weekend. So so uh, they look large. They look like they're, they're maybe uh, two to three inches long and, and maybe like a half inch thick, but they're covered in something. Is, is that salt? What is what is the seasoning they're, on them? They're... I'm not giving away Chang's secrets because he'll kill me. Oh, but there's, it's a there's, secret. You, there's some secret stuff going on with the fries. All I know is this. You're going to lose your mind when you have the steak with the fries. I was putting, I was yeah. taking the fries. I was breaking them in half. I was getting a nice big steak bite and putting the fry on top of the steak. And it was the most delicious thing. I, I just had such a good time eating it. I could have eaten it. For five hours, it was so good. I want to go. I'm, now I'm starting to get hungry. I might just go there tonight and eat again. It was so yeah, good. I, I feel like this is all part of uh, the 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 long uh, conspiracy that you've had. You you just keep dropping these nuggets to try to get me to move to L.A. and I and I can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. I'm a D.C. dude, but I mean, this is incredible. Of, of all the things in, that have occurred in the 15 years that you've been living in Los Angeles, this is this is possibly. The 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 uh you know the straw that breaks the camel's back. I might have to move. I, you you go into Major Domo four times, and me just looking at pictures of it and sitting here on the East Coast. I love I mean, it. I can. I really. I'm can't gonna go again it. right I really now. Can't take it. I'm yeah, gonna go I right now. I left out one. Well, I, uh, I left out an appetizer that was. It's not even in really an appetizer. It's in like the rice course of the menu. But he did this thing. You know, I love for the most part. You know, I love interacting with my food. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So he brings out this big bowl and it's got rice and a You're whole a bunch of- You're a food polygamist. Yeah. You, you, he, like to, you like to mix marriages. The only thing I don't like is the lobster. That's where I draw the line. I don't like how hard lobsters are to eat. I, I like they when the restaurant does the work. I like when the restaurant does the oh, work and just makes the only lobster Only Jalen gets raw lobster that's hard to eat. I know. Well, so brings out this rice thing. It's got all Chang's Chang special stuff in it. That I, who knows? It's just delicious. But it comes out in a big bowl and you get these gloves. You get gloves like you're gonna go, go into surgery. Yeah, like I'm like I'm gonna perform an open heart <laughs> surgery type of gloves. And one person at the table, everyone has the gloves, but one person at the table is is in charge of basically mixing all the stuff together with their hands, which would be gross if you didn't have the gloves, right? And then you make like <laughs> a little is- rice meatball with the gloves and you put it on your plate and then you give it to the next person. So everybody gets to kind of dig in because the gloves are on, it's sanitary. And uh, my son like almost lost his mind with this because my son yeah. loves rice and just the whole concept. And he he made himself this giant rice meatball and he just turned into Cornelio with it. So that was good. Yeah, well, and, this, is a, this is a problem. I, this is exactly where my head is at. You describing this puts me right back into my 14-year-old self. These gloves... I w- there feels like I'm going to make 50 jokes about uh, uh, rectal exams while we're... While, that's what I did. Of course you did. Of course. That's what I did. I was like, I'm, oh, good. I, after I finish the rice, I'm going to give myself an enema with these gloves. Thanks for these. It was right. there was All the jokes were sitting there, and I made most of them. And you'll make the yeah, rest yeah. when you're here. How can you not? How can you not? So then the, the last thing, thing. So the shaved ice desserts we should talk about. 
That was I also in that Instagram. This, this yeah. is really breaking my heart. The first it looks night, so beautiful. There were two different. I had it every night, by the way. The all three nights. The first night there was a. You don't even do desserts that often. Wow, that's I hadn't had dessert all year, but Chang was the one who broke me. So yeah. there was a citrus that was on the menu each time, which was delicious. Just delicious and gigantic. A citrus shaved ice. Sounds like a palate cleanser. W Maybe well, no, it meals. was better than that because there's stuff on the bottom and you don't really know what's uh, there's fruit uh, and different things on the bottom. So there's like like you, gummy stuff? Like yeah, chewy? Yeah, Sweet like a little chewy? chewy, but like you I know you love when there's a little buried surprise in, in the bottom of your food that oh, the spoon yes, I can do. get to. I'm all about favorites. the buried surprise. So that was good. But the first night I was there and he took it off the menu, that MFR. Uh, well, I hope it brings it back, but it was a horchata shaved ice. And at the bottom was oh. like this Korean rice pudding, which you don't know oh. is there. You're just eating this coffee flavored shaved ice and it's delicious. Everybody's going nuts. And then it's like, ah, oh, my spoon's hitting something. What is that? You know what it is? It's gold. That's what it is. You hit it <laughs> and it's rice pudding at the bottom oh. and it is the most delicious thing. So oh my word. I have not had the entire menu yet. I've tried, I would say- 30% of it, but um, it was an interesting crowd because LA, you know, especially on the weekend, you have your diehard foodies who are there for Chang because they revere Chang and they love Chang and mm -hmm. they want to try Chang, all that stuff. Those people are coming early. And yeah. then the middle of the night is like the date crowd, yeah, right? And that, or like yeah. the business crowd or like the double date and people like that. And then like a little bit later is more of the kind of the scene, where it's like people like, that are there because it's cool to be there, okay. which I don't know. I don't know if the New York or DC restaurants really work that way, but I think it's good for Chang. From what I've seen, there were like basically three different seatings during the night, and I we left at eleven thirty on on Saturday night, and it was still pretty packed. So uh, I think this restaurant, it's like I mean we could have predicted this, but it feels like a home run for Chang. Yeah, well, it also feels like a home run for you. And whenever I get myself out to, the, to L.A., it's going to be a home run for me. I think I need to go three times, build into you know to the trip to cover the whole menu. Well, I've been so surprised by how meat centric it is. And when he described it back on the pod in uh, November, I wasn't anticipating that much uh, that much meat to yeah. show up on the menu. But it sounds like you know he, he he's found something there that has really um, inspired him, and he's he wants to present to the Los Angeles community his versions of meat. And I, I I applaud it. Well, there was four noodle dishes. I think I've had all four. There was like a rice cake uh, noodle dish that was really good yeah. too. That makes sense. He does the rice cakes. So that's a, that's in different macaroni. So four different noodles. There's a couple fishes that I think alternate for the most part. The the thing with Chang, and I'm really happy for him, even though you know he drives himself crazy and he's a perfectionist, all that stuff. But there are elements to the cooking here that um, I don't want to step on the story he'll probably tell in House of Carbs when it comes on here. But like, just the food here is just better in a lot of ways because he can he, you know the fruit the vegetables certain yeah. types of fish like sea urchin like he has a sea urchin dish like there's there's things he can get out here that you just can't get on the east coast it's impossible he he said that he said he was on the show in november he said the market he you know it's kind of a legend um but but not a myth that is the the markets in and around the la area 
have ingredients that are not replicable. You can't get them in other parts of the world. And it creates an opportunity that is so unique to to be inventive and let all those creative juices flow through his fingers. I'm I'm hungry now. When am I coming out? (laughs) Well, he did the other thing that for some reason, um, dates are really good out here. Yeah, he talked about dates. Oh, let me hear about the dates. Let me hear about it. Well, there's a dessert. And it's delicious. I can't believe I forgot to mention it. It was so good. I don't even know how to describe it, and I and I don't want to mess it up because they'll get mad. But it well, was, just look for the dessert with dates, hungry homies. Well, it was it was kind of a pastry like thing, but with dates. And I, I the thing is, like when all of it's good, you kind of you become numb after a while, and you go into a semi coma. There wasn't put it this way. Not like a ton of conversation at this restaurant once the food starts <laughs> coming out. Like people just kind of go into the zone. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. I'm going to make love yeah, to you. Yeah, I'll talk to you in 45 meal minutes. I'm having. The other thing Chang yeah. did that it was really smart was I like the restaurants where the waiters come out with the, you know, like the like the APL ribs that he had. And there was another rib dish like this too. It comes out on yes. this big box, this big moving table. Where they come oh. out and they carve it out in front of you because I oh, like watching that stuff, right? It's like watching the warm ups in an NBA game. Yeah, for sure. Well, it, it's there's a chance for them to show off some of that professional skill, but it also gives you, you know, that that extra little bit of anticipation. You didn't know that you were going to be if it just came out on the plate. You're like, I'm psyched. This is on the plate. It's beautiful. But when they're when they when they're doing a little bit of that creative movement, the last finishing touch, right table side, that takes it to a whole other level. The anticipation, at least for me. Well, that you know, I've always been a fan of the make the awesome Caesar salad at the table in front of me. Yes, yes. Which not a lot of restaurants do, and I know it. It's probably not a great move with the staff because you're basically chewing up some waiter for five minutes who could be waiting on nine other tables. But man, it's fun to watch them make the Caesar at the table. I like that when they make the, like the, some of the desserts they'll do at the table too. But uh, a couple more things before I go. Go ahead. Based on this podcast, we, we did Postmates for Egg Slut. Oh, hey now. About a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah. I gotta say it was it it held up and was delicious. It had like to have been a good one, didn't you? You should have got it right after New Year's. That's the best way to bring in the new year. I think Would that's what we did. Would have been a order from Egg Slut. Yeah, I think it was like within a couple of days of New Year's, but yeah, really held up, delicious. Now it got me a little too uh, ambitious with Postmates because then we did the Castles Patty Melt Postmates. Oh, yeah. And I'd, I'd like to apologize to everyone at Castles that they're not meant to be eaten that way. The, it's the meat's yeah. going to cook over the next right. 25 minutes in the car, just naturally. Right. The meat. Right. By the time right. it got to our house, it was too well done. It was still an yep. A minus, but right. I really felt like I disgraced the good people of Castles. You got go <laughs> well, to go to Castles. Dishes, yeah, right. Some dishes aren't meant to travel. That's one. You don't know it by, by trial and error. All you can do is try. And uh, John and Vinny's here in L.A., the, I mean, it's famous, the famous John and Vinny's. Yeah, we've done Postmates from them a couple of times, and it's like the 75-minute wait, but the food there is, that would be my number one in the power rankings. Chang's never going to And it means it Postmates travels well, huh? It travels well, and it's got the meatballs, the Italian. For some reason, Italian seems like probably the safest bet for food delivery, which I don't know if you've ever I agree explored. With totally. like, I, the chicken Mallory parm is still going to be as good 50 minutes later as it is in the first yeah. minute, right? Yeah. 
Well, in, in, in many respects, because of the um, dynamic you just described, which is the ingredients um, will still, there's still organic things happening among the ingredients once it's all assembled. And yeah. for Italian food with the, you know, the, you, there, there is no such thing as like the sauce is, is it, you know, has been sitting too long, right? You can't have it on heat and have it sit too long, but it's, it's constantly coming together. So that transportation time is just added flavor time right. uh, with a lot of Italian food. Dangerous with sushi. I've never 100% been yeah. satisfied with a sushi yeah. order. Yeah. Delivery I, sushi. I wouldn't do that in D.C. You could might try to be able to get away with it in L.A. One more thing on Chang's restaurant that I forgot to mention. Because he also had the Moscow, he had big bar, and they had the Moscow mules with the real copper, those copper cups that the good places have when you get the Moscow yes. mule. And it comes in a little special cup, which I really appreciate. I I think that was another effect House of Carbs had on 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 the restaurant because we've talked about those copper mugs and I'd like to think of that restaurant Major Domo in downtown LA as the first house of carbs restaurant baby <laughs> Chang's gonna get the Chang's gonna get the the credit and maybe he should maybe I don't know I mean he's the cook he innovated it me I guess he should get some credit but all I know is the french fries wouldn't be as good as if it wasn't for us he wouldn't have the copper mugs he, his I'm mac not, and cheese, his me. manhood wouldn't have been challenged with the mac and cheese. And and maybe the ribs wouldn't be as good. Maybe he wouldn't have put the four to six on the menu for people if he hadn't heard you directly be challenged by that. I think we pushed him to a higher level, much like Michael Jordan in the early 90s, how like Charles Barkley pushed Jordan to another level. That's what House of Carbs has done for David Chang. And I, I think we deserve credit. Well, I, I'll I'll let you take that. You can take the credit. I'm I'm humble. Uh, I'm I'm honored by all of association with David Chang, and always I'm I'm hungry. So I, I you can you can take the run with taking credit. I don't care about credit. I'm just happy to hear that okay. the restaurant is an immediate hit. I'm happy to hear uh, of all of the the adventures that the food adventures that he's about to take people on. Yeah, I, you took me on a food adventure over the last 25 minutes. Now I'm starving. I figured you would. I can't be. have Major Domo to. So I might have to walk down the street and get some shrimp buns House. from Momofuku. Mac and cheese without cheese. I don't know what to do. Think with about myself. that. There's I no really cheese in it. I don't know what to do about it. I just how do you it, make it, mac whole, and cheese with no cheese? Well, you know what? We're gonna have him on, and he'll 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 describe what goes into it, and he'll he'll tell the hungry homies how he gets the texture and all the I rest don't know. of it. I don't know. I don't know. It'll if be we a get, great success. I don't know if Chang he doesn't comes, have to reveal secrets. No, I think he, Chang might. Be, the Netflix series might blow up Chang. We might never see Chang oh, again. That's a great he point. Might, yeah. He might be. It might be like Goodwill Hunting. He might just be getting yeah. in the car and driving away. We'll just be fine. Showing up it's at his fine. house one day. He's not there. Real quick be, before you go. Yeah. What's your plan for Super Bowl? Super Bowl uh, Sunday. We have uh, this is the Super Bowl edition. We're talking Super Bowl yep. parties. We had Mike Lombardi on. We're gonna have Harry from Against All Odds on mm. uh, in a, in a minute here. What's your plan for the Super Bowl? My plan for the Super Bowl. I'm gonna watch it with nephew Kyle and my yes. son Ben Simmons and nobody okay. else. And nobody else is allowed in the house. What about food? What's the what's on the menu? Food. Are you too nervous to eat? Do you have no, to eat after the there, game? There's probably like a three o'clock type food situation. Okay. okay would be my okay. guess. Oh, no. Wait, the, right. the game starts earlier here. Uh, yeah, no, probably wait, a late three, lunch. 3, and then, yeah, and then it'll end by 7. Brady and Belichick will be on the podium about 7.40. <laughs> Watch those. Call my dad. Mm. Do the whole I'm, can't believe we want another one thing. 
go just on so Twitter, you know. maybe taunt some people, and then probably yeah, around so 8.30 you know, I eat. I'm, 8.30. I'm going to end my perfect football playoff betting season with a money line bet on the Eagles. Just so you know, I, I'm going to go 0 for 75 with my <laughs> wow. football bets. I want to end the 17-18 season. That's my bet. The the Eagles money line, just so you know, so that you can well, load up against it. Everybody out there. Well, just so you know, Cousin Sal was very upset with me. I, I, I had the Pats to win the Super Bowl for a, a not insignificant amount that I made a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And I hedged it with Eagles plus four and a half because I got too nervous. You little hedgy. I, you I finally did. I finally hedge. hedged You it. never hedge. Wow. And, and I'm also going to hedge my stomach on on uh, Sunday. Yes. I don't know. Kyle and I are going to have to talk about it. There's going to be some drinks. There there might be some nicotine. What about, I don't know. It depends how nervous. Nice Italian hoagie? Well, I'll tell you, the the, the one... I keep coming back to it. I haven't been back to in a while that I hope is open on Sundays. But, man, I've had some great Jimmy John's. Yeah, sure. Why not? There's we something talked to about be Jimmy John's. For, yeah, nice sub. Yeah. It's just. That's it. Nice big one. Nice subs with, with chips. There needs to be yeah. more Jimmy John's. Can well, you yeah, get Jimmy yeah, John on the podcast? Seems like he should be available, right? I love sandwiches. I'd love it's to well see known. that and pop up in my podcast little menu, like today's House of Carbs <laughs> with Jimmy John. That'll be good. Uh, yeah, so Super Bowl, I don't know yet. What is your food plan? You don't really care. I don't, I don't know either. I, 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 my only rooting interest, I have two rooting interests, my, my bets, and I'm going to do, I have some golf, uh, uh, football, cross-sport poloni- pollinization wagers going. Mm. You know, who will ha- whose score will be better? Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth score versus uh, fourth-round score versus yard- yards by Jay Ajayi. Like Ooh, those kinds of bets. I like those. I'm going to get some of those going. Well, we have, so I care about that, and I care about the menu. That's the only two things I care about. We have the big – we're going to the Masters together finally in the beginning of April, which yes. is going to bring its whole – I, we'll have to do a, a House of Carbs preview podcast and then a recap podcast after. But holy mackerel, I can't even imagine what kind of food I have waiting for me there. We're going to do some eating. Plus, there'll be no doubt. Plus, my dad's coming. And this was like his bucket list dream. Like, we might just leave him in Augusta. Like, when Jay in Field of Dreams. I had no idea. Yeah, my dad's coming. This was a, holy moly. Every team he roots for has won a world championship. He has no bucket list left. So. It might be like in Field of Dreams when James Earl Jones just wanders into the cornfield and you never see him again. That could be my dad in Augusta. He might just be like, I'll be right back. And we just see him walk into like the 17th trees and then he's just gone. He's never I, can't, seen I, mean, I can't wait to hear who he's rooting for. That's going to be incredible. Well, if Tiger, ask him yet. if El Tigre can do anything, yeah. I know you covered this yeah. on Shack House, but if he can even yeah. just linger that weekend yeah. four back, oh, it'll be the greatest thing oh, that ever no. happened. Yeah, right. There's going to be a lot of pantsless guys running around at, at he, the Masters. He can't keep the and effing ball straight, though. Not yet. He, that, that, he'll get that calibrated. I'm not worried about it. All he right. he shot par or better at every one of the rounds uh, in 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 uh, down there in San Diego, and 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 it had the the worst out of the the group that made the cut. The worst driving accuracy. So I that's saw pretty that. Good. Still well, pretty happy with that. We don't need Tiger Woods anymore because we have David Chang, the guy who can make macaroni and cheese without cheese. That's our that's that's our new legend. That's our new goat. That's our new. He's our living legend. That's our, our living new dude. Legend. Uh, our thank you, House hero. of Carbs people. Next week, Julia comes back. Thank you for joining us on the Food News, Bill Simmons. My pleasure, buddy. Hello, 
surprise appearance by the Podfather himself. Thanks, as always, to Bill Simmons for coming on House of Carbs. Before we get to our last guest, Harry of Against All Odds fame. I'm not sure if Harry has a last name or not, but he's definitely one of the degenerate trifecta. He's got a special thing going on, and we're going to talk to him about it. Before we get there, though, how about this fun fact from Hotel Tonight? Unlike flights or other travel, hotel rates actually get cheaper at the last minute. In fact, Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe to book a room. No long, endless list of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. Perfect for if you are busy and don't want to overthink things. Plus, you can book up to 100 days in advance in top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else. Book next week, tonight. Book book next month, tonight. Book Valentine's Day, tonight. Your beloved will appreciate that. It's great for last-minute getaways or a quick staycation. Whether you are a planner or like to leave things to the very last minute, that's your house style. And with Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals you get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, my taste buds, it is Super Bowl week. We are populating this podcast with people of great taste, great appetites, and and some some gentlemen who may know a little bit of something about football. I had to have this guy, this next guest on, because there's a momentous occasion looming for him on Super Bowl Sunday. This gentleman is is uh, has a sizable wager that really uh, relates to to a lifestyle choice that is very on point for us here at House of Carbs. We have none other than Harry, one of the degenerate trifecta from Against All Odds. Harry, how you doing, my brother? Oh, everything. Everything's great, man. Everything's great. Loving it. Um, yeah, this is a crazy contest. Me and Sal came up with uh, from Against All Odds, who, like you just said, I'm a, I'm a member of the uh, Degenerate Trifecta, Sal's buddies from, uh, from, uh, from college and, uh, and his youth. Um, I was, uh, yeah, in March of uh, 2017, I was 273 pounds, and I'm 5'7". So uh, I decided at that point that I got to do something. So I just started working out and tried to find what I could do about eating a little bit better. And before you know it, we had the show going, and it was good, and I was down to 246, and I wanted to keep rolling. So I offered a challenge to Sal, and you know Sal. Sal can't turn down a bet if, uh, if, if his life depended on it. So, uh, you know, so, uh, so we came up with something where he, he, you know, he's a witty guy, very smart and funny, and he came up with uh, Super Bowl 52 by the Super Bowl. Uh, I would have to lose 52 pounds in honor of Super Bowl 52, and I started at 246.8 at the time. And currently now, I'm at around 200. I just got back from six days in Hawaii, uh, busted my ass running the beach, running hills, doing whatever I could in the pool, just to do whatever I can to lose that little bit of weight because I still got like four, five, six pounds to go. Uh, we, I've been weighing myself at the, uh, 
at the um, uh, the the vet that I have here currently because I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, which has been pretty funny. Uh, but w- we've all decided now. Uh, it's a hot debate, yeah. Like, what scale are we going to use now? Now that we're moving it from the final weigh-in from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, to uh, we're going to be in. Uh, I'm going to be in L.A. with Sal, and uh, and we're going to do the final weigh-in on Sunday. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. So we're going to see how that goes. Uh, I I, uh, I hope Sal's not in on the fix of fixing the scales. You know, whatever it is for him to win a bet, he'll do, just like I will, too. I'm not denying it, so we'll see how that goes on Sunday. But hopefully I can get under that. i got to be at 194.8. Hopefully I well, get there. Well, we're all rooting for you. And one recommendation, if I may make it, maybe you can get the animal please, doctor please. to lend you that scale. I mean, that's been the consistent scale all along, right? The thing weighs about 600 pounds. <laughs> it's so a, I don't know. So I don't know how I'm going to get that out from Scottsdale to L.A., but uh, you know, I. Well, we need been, you need an independent scale judge. You need you, that's the first and most important thing. Who do we make that be out of those clowns? Out of those guys in uh, in L.A. All of those. The only thing I would say is characters. don't don't let Guillermo get anywhere near it. I would say Tate <laughs> Frazier has has the appropriate amount of integrity. Tate. But you know he he can be bullied, so I, I don't know if Tate's, Tate's the right man. Fantastic, but you know, I, and, I, and I love Tate, and he's been great, and he always has my back on against all odds when those guys are ganging up on me. But uh, but uh, well, yeah, hopefully, yeah, maybe maybe we can make uh, Tate. Hopefully, Tate's there, and Tate can be the deciding factor if it's really close. I love it. I love it. Well, here, here's here's the number one thing that I thought uh, would make you uh, an appropriate guest for today's show. We have many things to, to, to cover here because you and I uh, come from the same uh, place in the world of, of, of gambling and, and having, you know, enormous appetites and enjoying uh, w- wonderful meals. I want to know uh, whether you make weight or don't make weight. What is your first meal, your first post weigh in meal going to consist of? Have you thought about that? Boy, you know what? A couple people have asked me, and I just don't know. You know, I'm always I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a huge fan of pizza, um, meatball sandwiches. But I, you know what? I think I really want is just. Uh, I know it's sick, it, it's bad, but I'll tell you what. Very underrated. I love the milkshakes at Sonic, and I might just get a hot fudge large. I might even get two. They have like extra large. They're like double X large. So I might just get one or two of those and just pound it in the parking lot just to say, hey, I'm done. I, I'm kind of speechless. I had no idea. I thought, you know, you, you said milkshake and I thought, oh, there's some of the natural candidates there that I'm familiar with here on the East Coast. It could be Shake Shack. Uh, it could be, mm. uh, you know, could be Chick-fil-A has pretty good milkshakes. Sonic, I would have never guessed that in a million years. Sonic has good milkshakes. Unbelievable milkshakes, so they, underrated. They so might, they might have to. I'm, that might have to be in a, a House of Carbs investigation. Absolutely, I know it's. It, look, it's it, it is what it is, you know. And I like, I look. I've cut the corners where I could. I found uh, low carb bread that's really saved me. Uh, healthy's healthy's choice or. And it's like three carbs a slice. And if you if you if you look at it from like I said, I started in March and I found this bread. I mean, if you have a regular sandwich a day and you have two regular pieces of white or even wheat toast, and and maybe you have three slices for the entire day, and each slice is twenty grams of carbs. Now, okay, you may have ate well in that sandwich too, but that's still if you had three slices of bread, 
that's 60 carbs a day. And if you average it out over the whole time, and I had three slices of bread a day, but I had the low-carb bread at three carbs a slice, I'm at 50, I'm beating everybody by 50 carbs a day. That, you're right. absolutely you're absolutely right. I I will tell you I I uh, on the one hand there's no time that's a bad time for trying to get oneself on the right path health wise and you know trying to get get rid of uh, excess pounds and so forth. I did feel for you uh, over the holidays because you know the the great eating season at least to me begins in November and runs all the way up to this Sunday Super Bowl Sunday it's a great time to be alive it's a great time to have access to all of the wonderful holiday foods and so forth how did you navigate the holidays with this with this uh, deadline looming with this great uh, momentous uh, way in looming you know I, I just I just I just put it in my head that like just treat Christmas, just treat Thanksgiving, especially Thanksgiving, as just another ordinary day. I had, yeah. if memory serves me right on Thanksgiving, I didn't go anywhere. I, I stopped at a friend's, and I had like a piece and a half of turkey with no gravy, and uh, and that was it. I just said that was it for the, you know, and I was, no reason to be, I, I can hang out with friends, and I can. I've, I've gone this far at that point, and and I have so far at this point. So I just said, I'll just have a tiny piece of a t- tiny piece of turkey, and that's it. I didn't care. Oh, that's incredible. Watch I think out. Sal should give you half the money for 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 just the discipline, the willpower for something who, like that. Who knows? Within within a couple of days, when I because tomorrow is the day when I go back, and I'm going to do a weigh in tomorrow. Like I said, I just got back from Hawaii, so everyone's asking. But I said I'm going to weigh in tomorrow. You know who knows with Sal? Sal might uh, Sal might offer offer me a buyout. We'll see what happens. <laughs> that, look, I, if 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 he offers it to you, my my recommendation is take it. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. We'll see how it goes. Because it's time for you to start enjoying some food. I had Bill Simmons on here. If you're going to be in LA next week, make sure you get. We, we talked for 20 minutes about David Chang's new restaurant, Major Domo, right there in downtown LA. I mean, you, you know, you got to get yourself oh, over to Major Domo for a bite or two. I was at Bill's uh, to watch football uh, uh, probably about a month and a half ago. We got, Sal took us over, and uh, Bill had us. It was a great time. Him and his wife were. Uh, fantastic kids are great and had a fun time and uh, halfway through uh uh the games of the day bill ordered pizza that day uh, he was gonna get chinese <laughs> but then the chinese didn't go through so then he ordered pizza and and he even asked me is that okay and i'm like bill go ahead right ever you know and i i did have a slice that day but what i did is i just took the uh, took the cheese and the sausage off it and left the crust That's right it. no i get it of course you're you're you're, you're no doing problem. Well, you got to stay on 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 that that diet. That's the discipline that you have to show. Now, now speaking of of discipline or lack thereof, I know in your history you lived in Vegas for a little while. Uh, you worked in Vegas for a little while. I'm interested in your experience while you were in Vegas observing the Super Bowl parties there in Vegas. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, like you just said, I lived in Vegas for 17 years. Um, I worked in casinos. For 13 of those, while uh, of course gambling for all 17 years, but uh, yes. and I played a host like with working in the casinos. Uh, I've played a host for the casino I was working at at the time for Super Bowl parties. Uh, I've also been uh, comped by casinos for Super Bowl party tickets as well. And I gotta say, uh, the best, the best I've ever seen or been at was the win. 
the Win Super Bowl party uh, there. I, I mean, I, I guess that's some good news for Steve Wynn this month, right? <laughs> he needs some good but, news. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it, it was classic. I mean, they just top-notch all around. There were jumbo shrimps, filet, lobster tails, an array of alcohol. They give away sports memorabilia throughout the game, and it was the good shit, you know? Not very classy, not the cheap... Uh, garbage that they might give out and stuff and, and as you're walking out they gave out pillows and blankets with the super bowl logo on as you left uh, so again the win was definitely i went with a buddy a couple of years ago who got like a free pass and he, he invited me in and it was just top notch the win is the winner how about that yeah i guess i should we we, we shouldn't be surprised now i don't i don't want to uh we don't want to besmirch anybody, but is there a standout worst experience that you had in Vegas? Uh, I wouldn't say standout worst, but I will say, I will say that uh, kind of name names of where I was at. But I've been to some disappointing Super Bowl parties as well. At this point, uh, if a casino offers me cheap hot dogs, popcorn, and dried up chicken fingers, nah. and stale draft beer, they can stick it yeah. as far as I'm concerned. They can stick uh, it, that's, that's right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe that, and, and you know what? You wouldn't believe the demand for the casino's ever popular t-shirt giveaway at Super Bowl parties. Really? I, I'm telling you, over the years, by cheap Jerkoffs wanting their T-shirts was unprecedented. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, you know the graphics on them are lame, as the material of the shirt is as well. You wear it once, and it shrinks to the size of your seven-year-old kid's shirts usually fit. You know, but uh, <laughs> still, they are crazy in demand. Uh, anything for free, I guess, especially in a casino. You know, I guess that's right. There's no accounting for taste when it comes to the American public and the American palate. No, I, I, uh, I'm going to wish you the best of luck on the bet. I, I like where you're at. 200 is a good zone because getting from 200, that last five pounds, that, that can be done. It's very manageable. But before you go, I have to, we have to compare notes. You and I share an affinity for wagering on, on the golf. It broke my heart to hear uh, what you did with Patrick Reed at the Career Builders up at La Quinta in, in Palm Springs mm. a couple weeks ago. I would have talked you out of that if I'd had the opportunity. Okay, no. I know, I know you know golf as well as anybody, and yeah, you know what though. In the past, he had done well. He finished Yo, sure. last year. Good I, record. I was at, way at, off. I was way off. No, it just happens. I mean, you know, it's it's impossible to say form wise. You know, everybody had John Rahm going into uh, Tory this week, and he was the the good bet. I actually had Jason Day on a ticket. Wednesday afternoon, and my podcast partner, nice. Jeff Shackelford, was at Tory and told me that Jason Day has pulled out of the pro-am, pro-am with back soreness. He's complaining about his back, and I immediately changed. I immediately got out of that action, and 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 lo and behold, Jason Day went on and, and did what he did. Did you have any action on this week's uh, past tournament at Tory? I had nothing, believe it or not. I had nothing last week because, like I said, I was in, I was, I was in Hawaii – I was in Maui enjoying it, so I didn't get to see too much. Yeah, just, I, that's uh, the right thing to do. Just enjoy yourself. I was rooting for him, so that was it for this. That's this enough. Okay, well, let, let's talk about it. It's early yet, which means still some good odds out there. Do you have any thoughts at this moment? It's the end of January, beginning of February, on the Masters. Yeah, you know, I, I'm thinking, 
straight up at the Masters, it's just been you get you get put it this way: when you're dealing with John Rahm right now, um, you're getting your money uh, taken care of. You're you're in it to the very end with this guy. This guy doesn't miss cuts. He's at the top of the leaderboard. He's been there since this. I had him. Uh, I had him uh, in the uh, in the champions. Uh, tournament the first one for the season he finished second yes. only behind dj who was fantastic yeah. uh he's he was right up there this week he was right up there last week the week before when he won and he's just been amazing it's like uh you know how can you not at I, last time i checked i don't know what you have i saw rom at 12 to 1 for the masters and that just fits him to have so many birdies it'll fit him so perfectly i mean at 12 to 1 got to put a couple notes on there, you know, because he's just so good right now. It's crazy. Well, so he, he, he had a old. bad, yeah, he had, a, I'm, I'm going to forgive you. You were in Hawaii. He had a bad weekend at, at, at Torrey. He hit the eject button. In fact, if, if you had bet the head to head of Tiger Woods against John Rahm before the tournament started, that would have been, you know, a pretty good one because uh, Tiger ended up finishing ahead of John Rahm. Rahm shot 75 77 over the weekend uh, at, yeah, at, at yeah. Torrey. His putter went south on him. He is presently, because of that, available for the Masters at 18 to 1. And we will see he it is the major at which he had his best performance last year. Now, he did. He didn't. He wasn't uh, up to kind of John Rahm standards in the math in, in any of the majors last year. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open and his best finish in all of the majors was at the Masters. It was a top. It was like a T-27 or something like that. So at 18 to one, I, I kind of like it. I will tell you my own leaning right now. And I don't like to, to look at anybody below like 25 to one because I feel like uh, at the very uh, upper echelon, um, it's it's too difficult. That Rory is there at twelve to one, and and that I'm kind of considering because he is unbelievably hot right now, and he's super due, and you know he'll True. be focused. But in in the class of like forty five to one and up, and I'm talking about you know some guys that uh, American uh, punters may, may not recognize uh, the guys like Tommy Fleetwood. Thomas Peters and and you know from this weekend Alex Noren Alex Noren is presently available at sixty five to one I might give that might be worth like twenty bucks to me right now. That's what do you think about those kinds of names? Too, because he's, he, even before that he's been playing well. He played well right. in uh, uh in Bermuda too uh, in Tiger's uh, Hero Challenge. He he played well there too. He's been playing so, well, real real uh, real solid golf. Well, we'll have to compare notes as the tournament draws near. I wish you the best of luck. With Sunday, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in. I think it's gonna be on Facebook Live. There's gonna be some way to watch live the the actual uh, the the way. And I hope we have a fair and independent judge and a fair and independent scale available for this. Best of luck, Harry. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that as well. I'm so <laughs> I'm hoping we have something that's fair from Sal. By the way, real quick too. Also, I uh, I am attending the golf again this week on Friday. I'll be at the Waste Management here in. Uh, Scottsdale, Rahm and Mickelson got ties to ASU. They're playing together, so that should be very interesting to watch them on Friday. That'll be glorious. To go to the 16 and take a picture for us. We'll put it up on the House of Carbs Instagram. Oh, get been it, get before. It's been I mean, you have to have a water. You can't point. have Definitely. a. I'll get in there. You can't have a beer. I don't think even a light beer. Like not not in this this last push. Uh, I know. <laughs> right? All right. Thanks, we'll H Dog. Thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem. Thanks. Anytime. Anytime. All right.
right, there we go, my culinary comrades, my taste buds. Another fantastic house of carbs in the books. Let me make this request, my hungry homies. How about some Super Bowl belly sourcing? Send us your preview pictures. Maybe some pictures this week as you think about your uh, menu for the big game. And how about on Sunday, belly source us what you're pulling together. And then after the fact, once your, your, your beautiful uh, uh, combinations have been built, once the table has been set, how about a picture or two? Hit us at The House of Carbs. That's on Instagram. Hashtag belly sourcing. We'll take a look and we'll throw up some of your fantastic offerings. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it right now. Thanks as always to our guest, Mike Lombardi, special guest for Food News, Bill Simmons and and Harry from Against All Odds. We shall be back next week, my hungry homies. But until then, let's stay hungry out there.